All right, all right, all right. It's time for Let's Talk Shop with Denise and Karina. Whether they're navigating the ebbs and flows of running a large-scale pet industry business or chatting about networking at grooming shows and working vacations at sea, you'll for sure be inspired and ready to take on the world, or at least the next doodle. So grab that cup of coffee or whatever beverage is needed at the moment, and let's talk shop. Hey guys, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Shop with Karina and Denise. I'm Karina. I'm Denise. And thanks for joining us today. So we are fresh off of coming home from Groom Expo West in Pasadena, California. Um, Denise, how how many times have you been to Groom Expo West now? That would be my third time. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love the show. I love the venue. I yeah, love, I love great, the vibe. It's a California vibe. It's, it's a, a great whole spot. different vibe. Yeah, I um, have a so yeah. love-hate relationship with California. It's <laughs> me too. It's uh, I love the show. Uh-huh. Um, the host hotel recently got renovated again. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, is it a vibe now! It is. It's I liked it a lot. Very trendy. Um, very walkable to a lot of really great restaurants. You've got the mountains in the distance. You know, for for Buffalonians like me, you get to kind of thaw out a little bit <laughs> yes. in um, you know, in February. So that's nice. But man, California's backwards. Like, <laughs> listen, you, I, I, I assume you went and got coffee while you were there. Did you notice the the cancer warning signs in no. the Starbucks? Oh I yeah, did not. Because, yeah. There's signs in the Starbucks that says roasting your coffee beans may cause chemicals that may cause cancer meanwhile oh. yeah meanwhile every street corner i'm on not in downtown P- pasadena because pasadena is a nice place but like people are like doing mushrooms and selling drugs <laughs> and the right. coffee the coffee causes cancer like what what are you guys <laughs> talking about like do your drugs and drink your coffee you know it's not right. it's not one or the other no um it's just a wild place man it's it is a very different, yes, for the Midwest, it is a very different environment. Yeah. Gorgeous, but gorgeous. absolutely gorgeous. Love visiting, but like mm-hmm. you couldn't pay me enough money to live there. I don't think you, I can afford it. I can't, I can't no. afford What is it, like $6 gas? Oh, yeah, oh, I saw that. Gosh. I'm like, that's crazy. And then the other thing that I noticed, and I had, I actually had conversations with some of the people, the business owners in my classes that I will see on Facebook how much they're charging, you know, in California. And it's not that far off from like our prices. And I know their cost of living is way more expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if your gas is double, our prices should not be the same. <laughs> not at all. No, no. And I was, oh, I'm like, how do people make it out here in, in any aspect, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. Beautiful place to visit. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to Buffalo like personally, but like I, but I do love it there. Actually, Northern California. I really love Northern California. That is a beautiful place. And the national park system in California is fantastic. There Mm -hmm. are many beautiful places. Um, but LA it like actual Los Angeles does nothing for me. Pasadena is cute though. Pasadena is like very cute. Yeah. It's very cute. Very walkable. Um, I, oh, we had such good food. What what was that place Ooh. we went to? That was I don't remember. You picked it. I, I, well, I'm not gonna remember. <laughs> um, but you know, we had like dinner on a patio, and it was just it was really lovely. It was kind of romantic. Mm-hmm. It, it was nice. It was, it was very it was nice. nice. It was nice. Um, what else? Highlights of the show. Um, I got the plague, and <laughs> um, had to teach while having the plague, which. I got to be honest, that's uh, that's not my jam, you know? You did wonderful, though. Oh, thanks for saying that. I you really paid... did. <laughs> no, I pay you to say that because you're my friend. Um, but that was not my that was not my best work. I I'm I get a man cold like I'm a big baby when I have a cold and I'm a you big are. whiny. Yeah, I'm a big whiny baby about it. Like I, I'm fully aware. Um, but I also get really sick when like I, I don't get sick often. And when I do get sick, I get very sick. So you know, at one point I had a fever. I had to go upstairs and three COVID tests later, 
negative. I'm just a big baby. So <laughs> it's what a are you going to do? You have to people and you have to speak. And luckily that was your last one that you were doing. So yeah. you didn't have to speak after that. Yep. Um, I was excited that we got to announce, well, we got to have Jay and Sue in one place and put that yeah. on because to get all of us together. Right. And then to announce the January cruise, the speakers of, oh gosh, they were hilarious. Jonathan and Jess are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just going to be, I know that like, I don't have to work out on that cruise because my abs are going to hurt from giggling <laughs> yeah. at their antics the whole time. Like not, yeah. and I just, I, I don't know how Jess does it, that, that Jess Adorno, that energy level is truly incredible. It's normal for her. It's normal for her. And like, she runs at 200 miles an hour and has the skin of a fresh glowing baby angel. (laughs) Right. And she's so (laughs) hydrated. She's glowing all the time. Like, how does she manage that? I I With oh all of her gosh. surgeries that she's had I this know. year. And, and we, you know, we had her in Ohio at the beginning of, well, middle, middle of last year. And nope, that's normal. Like a little bit. I mean, there's still obviously show persona, right? You know, you oh, get yeah. in the, the, I mean, I do that too. Everyone yeah. does. Yeah. Um, but definitely that, that attitude is just there all the time. That is 100% who she is. It's amazing to see and be around. And I am super excited to to be on the boat. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really great. Really great time. So yeah, um, before that, we have, we have say, uh, I keep doing it, say in Jew. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sue, Sue. (laughs) their new nickname. Um, (laughs) It's not funny. (laughs) You can't call people that. Um, Sue's Echo and Jay's Grugs um, going to Alaska and we're sold out of our room block but we are still selling rooms like off the rack so there's still rooms available on the ship um, but we've sold through our block so we'll get you the best price we can but um, I'm just so excited to like wake up in the morning and look outside and see you know the side of Alaska yeah it's gonna (laughs) be great Um, I still need to book my airfare for that, but also round trip out of Seattle. That's super convenient. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a really good time. And yeah, I just, we're going on a lot of cruises this year. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of groomers to educate. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to uh, do it. Shucks. I know. I know. <laughs> so yeah, it was good. How were your classes at Groom Expo West? They were nice. I was up against Jess Rona for one of them. So, uh-huh. you know, attendance. Hey, for business classes, it's a tough break, but, um, no, we had really good classes. And then I always get the last ones on Sunday, Mm -hmm. which I know if if anybody here, like that's a, that's a compliment to just Rona. Like that wasn't very much so. No, not at all. No, no, no. That means she filled the room and I had to compete with her and actually I had a very nice conversation. I wanted to do her class and, um, I talked to her outside beforehand. So it was really nice to, I knew that the attendance in my class would be low because Jess Rona has yeah, amazing and energy and her class was about business mindset, right? Was it a night class or was it um, the middle of the day? Four to five on Saturday. Oh yeah. That's a tough time slot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. and then I always get the last ones on Sunday, which anyone who knows it can be hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's tired at the end of the show. Um, a lot of speakers may or may not like it. I personally, they're smaller classes. Actually, this class size was fairly average. Um, but what I really like are the people who come to the last ones on Sunday really stuck around to see your class, right? Yeah. If they're attending it. Yeah. So you have an engagement that's a little bit different. So yeah, they're committed. I enjoy that a lot. That's really but nice. they were very well, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, my classes. What I mean, they they went well until my retail class. And that day, I was honestly I was too sick to teach. But what are you going to do? You're going to cancel? Like you can't. There's nobody that can sub in. So I was like, we're just gonna, I'm just gonna drink this Dayquil. And when everyone's heads start spinning, that's when I know to stop talking. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I muscled through the best I can. I'm not. I'm not proud. but uh, yeah, I brought out my sanitation class again, which I haven't done in a while. And oh yeah, how'd that go? You know, it felt really good. It felt like um, felt like putting on your old favorite pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And the the topic was sanitation post COVID, which mm. um, 
you know, the gist of it is we, we learned nothing. Everything that has happened will happen again. And we're doomed. <laughs> but um, that's not shocking. Yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's you know, I, I think COVID um, taught us the, the importance of, of what we do. And for me, COVID really taught me that like, uh, this sounds really like, nihilist but that the government doesn't care about dog groomers and we have to take care of each other yes um yeah so i i was thinking a lot about the the not dog flu that went around um you know that just ended up being a just a tough respiratory season it doesn't look like it was a new strain or anything um but i was thinking about how when COVID happened, um, there was this like kind of nice, like every small business was in it together, right? You know, like the florist had to close and I had to close and the pottery shop had to close. And we were all like, you know, like Rosie the Riveter, you can do this. Like we, you know, we're all in this together. Yeah. Camaraderie. Yeah. But what scares me is when, when we do end up with a new pathogen when we do end up with the next respiratory virus for dogs because it's not a question of if but when Mm -hmm. um when that happens we will not be all in this together it will just be massive cancellations and it'll just be us like struggling to stay open while everybody else is fine Mm -hmm. so it'll just be the pet care industries so my biggest um kind of my biggest takeaway from COVID is that we have to protect each other. And so that means hand sanitizer between each dog, wiping down things between each dog, not accepting sick dogs and, you know, doing all those little tiny things every day. Cause it does, it does help. Um, it does. Yeah. So and it's good practice and it keeps, I mean, for all the other multiple reasons. Um, but if we can help prevent it, that's what I try and teach too. Right. Like, hey, let's do these things so that it we don't have issues or as big of an issue or, you know, hopefully offset a little bit of it. Yeah. I mean, um, when it does happen, we're just going to have to, like, really struggle to keep the like, um, you know, when I say we, I mean, all of us, we're all going to have to struggle to keep the lights on and just wait it out. Um, Mm -hmm. and keep dogs safe in our care. So, yeah. So that was on my mind a bit. So that was, um, super pessimistic and um not a fun time but but it's important and it, you it know, is. needs to be discussed um i also think though you can be so you and i run our businesses the same we're very proactive people i think that comes from traumatic past and we try to control things speak but, for yourself i'm fine <laughs> but um so on the proactive side though you can start doing the marketing now right? Mm -hmm. Like you can use this for your business. Like, Hey, we do these things or we've adopted. There's a lot of different things. Or I took Karina's sanitation course. This is the things that we offer. So you can actually start building that rapport with your clients now and, and make that into a habit of what you're marketing too. Yeah. And spin it and stand out. Yeah. I mean, we, um, it's time for us to all get our CPR certification redone. So we're doing that. Um, this month. So that's, that's exciting. And when we're done, we're going to, we're going to market that. Um, I'm becoming an instructor so that I can go ahead and train ours. I am. That's fabulous. So we have one, we have an instructor on staff, um, which, yeah, if, if you're a larger facility, um, somebody on your leadership team should really be an instructor. And what's been really lovely is we've kind of um, like, in addition to her being the instructor, she's kind of like, our safety czar you know Mm -hmm. she's she's the safety person like she kind of can comment and help on on all policy aspects when as they relate to safety and it's really nice to have a central resource like that in your establishment if you don't already yeah um which um so i'm looking at i don't even know if i still have it pulled up on many of my 50 million tabs i think it's the i know right pet emergency education is the one i'm looking at um, we are, we do pet tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say pet tech is very good. Um, it's, it's like eight hours, so it takes a whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say it's probably too good for what we actually need. Like, 
you know, I don't need to know how to treat like snake bites in the salon necessarily. Um, but, but it's, it's very, it's very thorough. Um, I do kind of wish there was a four hour version for groomers or, so, or, you know, yeah. like... go ahead. Sorry. I oh, just, you. just, no, it's okay. My dog's actually barking at someone. You go tell him. Yeah. You, <laughs> go get him. Um, no, I just, I think it's, um, I also have a thing where it's like too much knowledge can actually be dangerous. Um, and so by that, I mean, how do I say this out sounding like a complete jerk? You, like everybody needs to stay in their lane, right? So like for mm, yes. what we need to do in the salon, if we have a CPR situation or we have a, a minor emergency, we need to stabilize the dog and get it to the vet. And so that's what I want all my people to know. What I don't want is to teach everybody, uh, you know, a, a myriad of medical conditions that dogs might have. And mm. then and then what happens Fair is you, you inadvertently start diagnosing dogs. And um, I'm just really careful about that, you know, because it's not really um, it's very important to stay in, in symptom um, reporting. Mm -hmm. rather than diagnosis we are so good at symptom reporting like groomers are the best yes. at reporting symptoms for a variety of reasons the most obvious one is that we see dogs far more often than they go to the vet but that's not that's not the only thing i mean like the high velocity dryer is such a great tool for seeing things like dogs mm -hmm. or uh, vets don't have that you nope. know to to look Wet at dogs at skin yeah yep. Wet yeah. dogs and and blow drying and oh yeah definitely yeah we see all kinds of stuff so Symptom reporting, like we are unparalleled. Like did, I have yet to find a pet professional that's better at symptom reporting than we are. Right. Um, yeah. Diagnosing. Mm, that's not our, nope. It's not our no. Business. And I did pet tech. So I was a pet tech instructor a long, 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 long oh, time ago. I didn't ago. know that. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah. And I never stayed up to date mainly because um, I didn't have the means to be able to I was trying to do it as a side gig. I was just a groomer at that time. I wasn't a business owner or anything. So I didn't have the means to have like a whole entrepreneur thing for this first aid endeavor. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I did. That's why I did it. And I let it lapse. And I think it's a very, very good curriculum. Um, this pet emergency education, what really drew me to it um, was that I actually did it at someone else's facility and it is done by a vet tech and okay. they do groomer specific. So they do industry specific. Ah, I like so that. Yeah. So it's like two or three hours versus the eight hours. Cause that is, that's a, it's a lot. It's really great knowledge there. I yeah. do not knock any part of that. Um, but I do like the fact that it's a little bit more digestible and it is geared towards what you're going to see in the grooming salon. And that's, it, it's more important for me to know. So like maybe like what happens in the grooming salon, maybe that's like 10% of all possible first aid and CPR <laughs> yes. scenarios, but it's more important for us to know that 10% super, super well than to know, you know, kind of a broad overview of all the different scenarios that could happen that really don't apply in the grooming salon. That's, that's what I would rather be an expert about everything that could possibly happen in my building and an idiot about everything outside, you know, yes. um, but about this in, in any way. Um, so you'll have to tell me how that goes. Cause that's, um, it's not really a complaint with pet tech. It's just something that I'm like, man, you know, that's a, that's a long day to learn. It is. It yeah, I mean I have to take everybody off of grooming for the day and mm -hmm. you have to have a minimum class size and it um you know it's kind of a, a challenge for us to get around that. Yes. Um so yeah, you'll have to let me know how that goes. I'll let you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. I took it before and I like that you can make it groomer tailored, which was mm -hmm. nice. And so I was a vet groomer, so I know a lot of things and a lot of my clients knew I was obviously followed me. Uh <laughs> and they're so funny, they'll actually ask me certain medical things. And they're like, I know you're not supposed to say anything <laughs> like, well, I'm only doing it because I know you and I shouldn't say these things, but, but they respect that I was in the industry. Uh, and I saw yeah. a lot of things and I learned a lot of things working at a vet clinic for 13 years. So 
but yes, we have to be very careful of diagnosing. You yeah, just, you just yeah. relay symptoms. That's it. This exactly. ear looks inflamed. Go find yeah, out why it's ear inflamed. Looks angry. It looks yeah. really angry. I don't know yeah. what it is, but it's just it's angry. No. Um, that's a really good point. You know, I when I talk to clients about this stuff, and you know, they're like, "Oh, what do you think it is?" Like, I sometimes you know what it is. Yes. Like you've seen it. it. You, you, we've all seen enough you know, of some of these things, but, um, but I will tell them if it's my own personal dog and we had something similar, I'll be like, well, for, you know, my dog was experiencing something similar and it ended up being this. So that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of speaking in those broad generalizations where you're not, you're not diagnosing, but you're offering kind of just general observations of, you know, well, it might be this, it might be this, it might be nothing. I don't know. Um, but it's important, yeah, to stay in our lane. And we, I, I say this all the time, uh, vets are not very good at grooming dogs. Like, I'm sorry, but they're not. They're not. And no, we all do this. We all have our dog come in and we get, they, we get this dog on the table and we get really mad because they shaved like a huge swath of skin <laughs> for a little tiny needle and they didn't even do a good job. And like the dogs all like kind of not cut up, but you know, you can just tell somebody they, oh. they don't, they don't use clippers all the time. Um, right. and same thing with nails. I mean, I, I generally think we're, we're pretty good at nails because we do them way more often. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you were, if you work at a vet and you do nails all day, you're going to do great. But most vets do nails as kind of just like a added throwaway thing, yep. you know? So. I always got the nail trims that they couldn't handle, mm-hmm. handle in quotes. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you're the dog whisperer. And I'm like, no, I just handle differently. And this is what I do on a daily basis, four paws a day, eight dogs or four paws a dog, eight dogs and five days a week. That would be how come I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's why. I mean, if you do anything with that level of repetition, you will get very good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, does not matter the task. Any, nope. And if everyone is capable of excellence if you just repeat something as much as as we all repeat doing nails. So, mm-hmm. agreed. Um, awesome. Well, yeah. Let me know how that that goes. We've been, um, you know, looking at our safety protocols again, um, trying to make improvements anywhere we can, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, it's a process that you have to pick resources that serve your business well. And, you know, like, for example, pet tech might be really great for some of you. It's just for me, scheduling wise, it's difficult for, for our team to commit to an eight hour class like that. Um, whereas I would, I would almost rather to have little one hour um, refreshers, like mm-hmm. every three months, Um I, I think that's also just better learning because eight hours, uh, I think it's every other year or maybe every Yeah, it's year. every two, mm-hmm. every two. Um, it's easy to forget all that. There, that's, that's a lot of information in one, mm-hmm. in one sitting. So I, I like my, my information in bite-sized pieces. But. And Pet Tech was really good. The eight hour class was really, really nice for having when I had up to three or four people. Because mm-hmm. it was sort of like a day thing. We were able to, we weren't open seven days a week. We had the time to do it. It was more team building and it worked out, I think, nicer. And when you're that, like how you said, you have one person who's in charge of like the safety because this is what they do and this is what they see. Mm-hmm. Uh, when growing, having each person have that extensive knowledge is not a bad idea. Because then that way, if something happens and the other person's not there and you may not necessarily have managers in place or someone in place at this point in your business, it probably is really nice to have that extensive eight hours packed in there for each employee. Yeah. I mean, I I tend to think that you need a lot more redundancies when you're smaller. Mm-hmm. And then as you scale... Um, I mean, this isn't a hard and fast rule, but as you scale, you can kind of centralize responsibilities a little bit. Um, And certainly you still need some redundancies, but when you're so small, I mean, if if one person's not there and that's like a third of your team, that's a big impact. Whereas Mm -hmm. like for me, if one person's not there, it's, we have 19 other people that can do all (laughs) the same things that they can do. And, but like, it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not as crushing, Correct. Um, so, um, 
yeah, well, I'm interested to hear your experience with it. And, um, you know, I think, uh, especially for us, this is a nice segue into our other topic that we planned on discussing, you know, for us, every, um, every day is like an opportunity to do better with all of our policies, mm-hmm. whether it's safety, customer service, what have you, because, um, we're very big on the post-mortem in my salon, which is not as horrible as it sounds. Um, <laughs> but that's like a, a term. Um, I think I got it from Glow, who my my right hand, my number one, is named Glow. And I think um, she says it from like theater. So like after you do mm. a show, you do a post-mortem to uh, discuss what worked, what didn't work, how you can um, improve for next time. Um, so I think I'm actually... I I know what it actually means, but I think it might be a show business term. Um, But we're really big on this kind of this idea that everything is is there for reflection. And, um, you know, what's the point of having a good day or a bad day if you don't go back over it and see what you could have done differently and learn from your mistakes? Mm -hmm. And fostering mistakes, because I think a lot of people get hung up on that they can't for really good reasons. I'm not, I don't knock it. I used to have a hard time with it, right? Talking about mistakes or bringing it up and stuff like that. But really society, there's a lot of working forces against it, right? Society, peers, social media, media in general, uh, there, whatever your past personal experiences were, there's a lot of things that surround why you would be not apt to admit mistakes. And, and when we start learning how to admit those mistakes and be open about it, you actually see you're not alone too. So you get a stronger business and you get to see that you're, yeah, that you're not just out there stranded. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) um, something I really love that's in our training program that glow came up with is building the mistakes in. So kind of this idea of like, hey, you're brand new. And when you do nail trims, you're going to make mistakes 20 times. Like, we'll we'll just make up a number. Just be like, on average, you're going to make like 20 mistakes as you learn to do nail trims. Mm -hmm. So hurry up and just go and get them out of the way. And kind (laughs) of giving the new hire permission to screw up and, and being like, this is going to happen. It's part of the process. I need you to like trust that we're going to be there to catch you and mm-hmm. we we need you to make these mistakes now so that you learn from them if you don't make these mistakes right now you you aren't having a deeper understanding of the material um Correct. it's actually part of the process it's it's part of learning that you're going to find 20 ways to not you know the 20 not great ways to trim nails correct that yeah. that make you struggle and make your life harder <laughs> yeah. Um, I hate Thomas Edison and I hate this quote, but it's like, he says something like, I, I don't even know if it's actually attributed to him, but it's like, I, I didn't fail a hundred times on how to make the light bulb. I learned a hundred ways not to make a light bulb or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but it's really true. And, and I think, um, you know, it, we're all programmed, like you said, like media and stuff to not want to do it, but it's, you know, it's that leap of faith and you're, I, I think if you kind of have this, um, again, this nihilistic approach about it and you're like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm human, I'm going to screw up and you just kind of invite them. I think that's a much better mindset about, about mistakes. Mm-hmm. And we are always constantly, like I said, this came from, well, we talked about the last episode about the book I was reading, Black Box Thinking. I finally made it through the book. It's a very extensive book, but <laughs> it is, it's very in-depth. And what I love about it is that it really puts in the whole ideas of how mistakes, how different, like I said, aviation versus healthcare, um, how Dyson came up with the vacuum that he came up with, which is a really cool story as far as the mass amounts. It, it just came from, he was sick and tired of having the hose clog up or whatever as like losing suction within the first 30 seconds of, you know, vacuuming and how long it took for him to design 
this whole system, the cyclone system, the dual cyclone system to get where it's at and how he still continues to this day to do those trial and errors and those mistakes each and every time, even with, I mean, we see that they have the blow dryers and now the air conditioning and the fans and all that other stuff. So it's really cool. But the one part, let me find it in my book because I read it. Um, I love this one quote, because if we only ever praise each other for getting things right, the perfection for flawless, flawlessness, we will insinuate if only unintentionally that it is possible to succeed without failing to climb without falling. And anyone who owns a business knows that we don't climb (laughs) and get to where we're at. No, it's messy and dirty and, and it's like not pretty, but it's not, no, but we get there, but it's not this beautiful ascension where you, you just did everything right, right out of the gate. You're just like perfect in every way. No, that's ridiculous. Like the, Um, the fr- okay, so sorry. The, I want to go back to the Dyson thing. Like, how do we get this guy in on the grooming industry? Because I want him to, like, <laughs> because like, yeah, I have a Dyson at home. It's great. Can he yeah. make like an even better one? Like, how? Because I can't, I can't use that in the salon. It's just going to fill with hair. I know, um, right? But like, <laughs> you he needs like a shop vac. Yeah, make us a shop vac. Make us a special blow dryer. Make us. Ooh, all kinds of oh you know what i just got at groom expo west i'm sorry i don't want to change no, the subject i'm gonna no, go no. back to the mistake thing but i really like this product <laughs> um i don't know what it's called chin chin nook dryer chin nook dryer oh okay it, it's so we hand dry all of our dogs after force velocity drying and um historically we've done this by buying uh human hair dryers from like tj maxx and like kind of sticking them in the crook of your neck and pinching them with your chin, which is really uncomfortable and a little bit of a learning curve. Um, so I got these dryers. I actually saw them initially from Artero, but they don't sell them in the US. They only sell them in Spain. And I had some concerns about whether like, I assume the plug would be wrong and mm-hmm. I'd have to have adapters and that's not going to work. But um, IPG actually sells the same kind of dryer. And basically it's like a human hair dryer, um, but it's curved to go around your neck. So you don't have to like, hold it in the place and it has a light at the end of the dryer so you can see what you're actually pointing at and it's really good for training um and it's got a nice like pad so that you can um like it's just it's just all around better better flow dryer yeah so um, yeah yeah so i got a bunch of those coming i bought one for the shop at grim expo west and everybody was like this is really nice so now we're gonna buy them for every station so um but that's what i mean like i you know i think if you embrace mistakes you also embrace this idea of um continuous improvement right Mm -hmm. because for us like i'm never done working on the business like i'm never i'm never like that's it i've done it's it's perfect it's we are we are the most efficient, most perfect dog grooming salon. That's that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous idea. So, you know, this this kind of this mindset of we can always find something to pick at and make a little bit better. And you don't need to make things a hundred percent better. You can make something five percent better mm-hmm. and that's gonna compound on itself every day that you're open. Um but Part of that is experimentation and trying new things and and making mistakes. So for every dryer I have that it, you know, knocks it out of the park and everyone's like, yeah, this product is great. You know, sometimes I come back from these trade shows and I'm like, guys, I got this new product. Isn't it awesome? And everyone's like, mm, right. I don't know. <laughs> right. So, you know, I've, I've definitely um, I've definitely tried some products and tried some like new stuff. And I'm like, oh, this isn't going to work for our for our workflow um well but, and oh go ahead sorry oh it's just uh, to the bigger point it the 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 praising successes without understanding all the mistakes that go into it it's a it's a false reality and it's holding mm-hmm. yourself up to like this unattainable standard of of um whatever your goal is you know business ownership is is it's gritty and you know you're gonna have some of the toughest days of your life and And some of the best and a lot in between and mediocre days and it is it's not 
clean. It's not clean, cut, dry. There you go. You you accomplished how to do good customer service, and here you go. And that's what you're going to do from here on out, and that everything be will be perfect. It was, who, I wouldn't who like wants that. To do that. But the other, uh, and I can't remember. It was for a nozzle, and I can't remember the company. Another uh, scenario that they had in the book was it was a company who needed to design the nozzle for whatever they were manufacturing kept clogging up and they gave it to mathematicians to figure out and solve. And they were so big on trying to design the perfect formula for so long because it had to be perfect before they tried it. And the scientists were the ones, then they handed it to the scientists. They figured it out way faster way more efficient. And all they kept doing was every time they made a mistake and they saw a problem in, or a flaw in their design, they tweaked it. And when that didn't work, they tweaked it. And they went through over 200 different nozzles to get to where they were at, but they hit it faster than trying to be perfect on the first try. Yep. Don't let and, perfect be the enemy <laughs> of good enough. No. Never. And, and that's a hard one to swallow. Like that was a hard pill for me to swallow. I don't know about you, but I was very much that person. I didn't have that mistakes are okay mindset when I first started. Mm. And it took me a little bit to get to that point. And I still learn and grow on it, but I was very much that person who has to have it perfect before you can roll it out. And before you can do these things. Yeah. And I think you, I think for me, and, and you're probably going to agree as I stepped into leadership, embracing the fact that people make mistakes is the only way you're going to be a good leader. Because mm -hmm. if you are hard and fast, like it's my way or the highway and, you know, you have no patience when people make mistakes, you're going to, you're going to be a shit leader. You're, you are, you're not going to have any um, empathy for, for newbies. And, you know, specifically as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about new groomers. I'm thinking about new groomers and how much, trust and care and compassion you have to give them because it's very, very daunting the first time to pick up clippers and pick up shears and have them have somebody watch you how to, how to hold things. And honestly, I think the best teachers for new groomers really take a step back and say, I'm going to let you figure this out. I'm going to be right here. I'm going to show you how to do it. And then I'm going to be over here and I'm going to be watching you, but like, I'm not going to, you know, be a helicopter parent. And mm. if you make a big mistake, I will come fix it. Um, but it's just hair, you know, there's no, right. there's no mistake that you can really make. Um, right. But instead of like the groomers that try to make the new groomer hold the shears perfectly from the very beginning, mm -hmm. like it's, it's not going to happen. And you're just going to put these like unattainable standards into their head, like let them figure it out, let, let them breathe a little bit. So yes. yeah, I think it comes back to leadership. It does. I think I, I think everything full circles around to leadership, in my opinion. I think most of it does when it comes to especially expanding into the caliber of having that many employees like we do. It ha yeah. you have to have strong leadership and strong foundational tools, right? Your handbook. You, you have to have your handbook, your policies, your procedures. You have to know how you would want things done. But you also have to be fluid in that and and you have to listen because there's a lot of things that I think on paper works wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then everyone tells me this doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? It should, you know, and then and then they, you know, they're like, no, it's not. And once I, I start to you have to be open minded and listen. And once I actually sit back and look and, and see the whole scenario for what it is, I'm like, oh, I can see how that's not working. Yeah, uh, we were talking about this today about why the mop bucket is in the holding room. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody can remember why. It's just always been in there. Fun so, conversations of business yeah, owners. And, and um, one of my groomers was like, is that, is there a reason we do that? And I said, no, nothing is sacred. Nope. Nothing, nothing. Mm. Everything is up for debate. And listen, that doesn't mean I'm going to entertain a debate in the middle of a busy day. Like, that's not what I'm saying. We don't have to fight about everything, but everything can be improved upon and being humble enough to be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Like, why didn't I think of that? Like some, somebody today had a brilliant idea. We just got all new cameras installed and um, 
somebody was like, why don't we have cameras facing the kennels? Like, we, we, we supervise the kennels. They're not, you know, in the back room, like, away from us. They're around us. But wouldn't it be great if we had a TV that is showing all the dogs in the kennel at any given moment? And so we can just easily look up and see. And I thought, well, shit, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> right. Like, you know? Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. But, um, you know, that comes from, it comes from a lot of things. It comes from making sure your team trusts you enough to give feedback, both positive and negative. It comes from fostering a, a, a kind of a, this kind of collaborative, collaborative effort where, you know, um, all ideas will be heard. And I don't agree with that whole, like, oh, there's no such thing as a bad idea. No, there are some bad ideas. There are. Like, there are. But, but it's not about making everybody feel special and be like, oh, good idea. I'll think about it. And you're like, oh, that's a bad idea. No, it's about saying, actually, that's a terrible idea. And I'm going to tell you why. And explaining. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, making sure that your team trusts you enough to get that that feedback, you know, in return. Um, so it's really, it's really about trust. It's about um, you know, not nobody, you can't be afraid to make mistakes if, if you trust everyone around you. That's, that's the big thing. Right. And as far as what I'm starting to also see that I have to work against. So you and I have a very fostering mistakes are okay philosophy, but that doesn't mean the people walking into your facility and new hires and stuff like that. It may take a little bit of time for them to gain that trust. And they're dealing with their own issues of being able to make mistakes. And it may not necessarily be your environment. It could just be whatever they've been through or they're going through that they just need a little bit more fostering into a facility that it's okay to make mistakes. Because I get a lot that it was never, oh, the, the stories, the horror stories that I'm sure you've heard, I know you've heard. Um, that I've heard of just different other work environments. I yeah. don't blame them. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, they blame all them. have. They all come to me with work trauma, like uh-huh. deep seated work trauma. Uh, this just happened uh, yesterday. I have a new hire, and it's going great. And this new hire quicked a dog yesterday, and and the dog bled a little bit, and they were worried that they were going to get written up because at their old job every nail quicked was a write-up and I was like bruh bruh I'd have to fire myself right we've all done it yeah um no that's not a write-up I mean I might ask like to see your process and and see if there's something in your technique that I can change for you so that it happens less often but no that is the most ridiculous what a what a terrible terrible uh wait and then he you know he was like concerned about about you know that that he was gonna get in trouble and Ugh. i thought oh my god it's my heart it breaks yeah. my heart when i hear these stories i'm like that's not what i want you to worry about that's that's i'm not here to get you in trouble i'm here to help you i'm mm-hmm. here to help you in whatever whatever way that looks like yeah they all come with work trauma um, they all, they all come in initially pretty scared to go to management with anything. Yes. And, um, and that takes time, you know, to, to kind of chip away at that and, um, and, and try to, it, it goes back to trust. Actually, I just got a new book on trust that I'm going to, uh, the speed of trust, I think it's called. So I'll be reading that next. Um, but it, that feedback and making mistakes, it's, it's all possible if you trust that your team isn't going to judge you and just help you. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, man, work trauma among groomers is. It's sad. It's crazy. (laughs) Told you it breaks my heart when I hear some of these, these stories and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how people treat other human beings that way. I don't know. Would you want to work for somebody who did that to you? Yeah. I mean, listen, my my salon's not everyone's cup of tea like there's different strokes for different folks right like if you don't like working in a pretty upbeat environment among other people you're gonna hate working at my salon if you Mm -hmm. if you if you work mobile by yourself you're gonna hate working at my salon you're gonna (laughs) hate it yeah (laughs) 
That's the way um, that works. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what I mean by work trauma. I mean, that is, especially because like, I'm not perfect. I'm, I've screwed up. I mean, we, we're talking, we're talking about day. mistakes. I screw up every day. I screw up. Yeah. I'm sure I said some dumb shit today that I'm going to eat crow for later. Um, I'm doing it right now. So, um, <laughs> but uh, there was a point in there somewhere. Mm. No, it's gone. I don't know. Um, but, oh, oh, I was saying that, like, real work trauma. Like, I hear about people, like, not getting paid. Like, yeah. like people, um, you know, not getting paid, being forced to, like, do things in unsafe environments. Um, you know, being forced to to work when they were not emotionally well. Um, you know, I just, I hear stuff like that. And that's, that's messed up stuff. Yeah. You know, I think I, I should hope we, I hope we can all agree that that's, that's where the line is. And every salon's going to be a little bit different. And like I said, I, I, I don't, I don't even know that we could swap people and they would be happy. I think they would be like, it, it, we, it could be fun. It could be like wife swap. And they're going <laughs> to come back and be like, oh my gosh, she's crazy. I mean, even I'm so between, glad I work for you. <laughs> even between my two locations though, the vibe. So all of the policies, everything is the same consistent products, you name it. You can go from one location to another and you know exactly what you're going to be walking into. But the vibe is different, even in those two locations. Yeah. And it's just, you know, that's correct. So like you're, it, yeah. We used to have very different vibes depending on who was working that day. Because all of our groomers work, uh, or most of our groomers work four days on, three days off. Um, so it's a different groomer soup every day. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, I like that. Groomer soup. Groomer soup. Oh. Some of the ingredients are really good on their own or with other ingredients. And some of the ingredients don't taste good together. Gotta Look, I, I use that for everything. Groomer soup. <laughs> I love um, it. When we had daycare, we had dog soup. So every day uh. you get, you have different dogs in the mix and it's different dog soup, you know? So, um, but anyway, the groomer soup right now is pretty consistent across each day. It's different, different ingredients, but like mm-hmm. good flavor profile every single day, which is that takes some. That's difficult to get to. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I was talking to another business owner that only has uh, has many locations and only has like five employees maximum at every location Hmm. and said when I told them that I had, I think I have 20 now, they were like, oh my God, that's so many people. That's way too many personalities. (laughs) And I was like, no, they're fine. Like, it's just, it's different, different soup, you Mm -hmm. know? different environments you're gonna you're gonna foster and breed different environments on that too you're going to bring in the people who will hopefully enjoy that environment I think I had seen there was something on uh one of the pages they were talking about does anyone find good bathers and I'm like I have awesome bathers I'm like but my my ratio is five to one they usually have to go through about five people who think that they want to do bathing oh, to get that one good one. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a little bit of a struggle finding that one person who can fit really well. Mm. Um, I will tell you, here's my little secret for uh, bathers. I like people who work at doggy daycares. They mm. typically already have bathing experience. It's not detailed but they already have bathing experience and they know dog behavior so they know that so... they're not just playing with dogs. And typically doggy daycares are not the greatest work environment. I was going to say, oh, so they're traumatized. (laughs) They worked in a hell hole and now they're coming to you. It's like like, a nice, quiet environment. Like, oh, the dogs aren't killing each other and eating. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And And it helps for, because by nature, you and I are high volume because the amount of employees that we have. So like we said, if you work in a mobile, you're not going to get along really well at you know, our oh, location. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. We're, right. we're hanging out. We're chatting. We're like moving and cruising through the day. Like there's uh-huh. no downtime in my salon. We're no. like, boom, 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 boom. Let's go. And, Let's go home. Yep. And they know that. And they know that that's actually very low key than what they're used to. So I will, that's my little business tip to anyone who's mm. looking for bathers. Try and market to doggy daycare people. That's great. I, um, I know for my salon assistant, for my receptionist, I usually, um, hire wait staff or baristas i like it because again work trauma mm-hmm. like if you can work at starbucks for any <laughs> length of time you can work anywhere it that that place is crazy 
and the customer service. Yeah. Crazy customer service. And like, mm-hmm. they're used to being on their feet. They're used to the grind. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to be a welcome change for them. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is going to be good, but I like that dog daycare experience. Cause actually we have a new hire that's, um, that is doing just that. And we hired them to bathe and I'll, I'll let you know next time if, if, uh, they decide to come on, you know, yeah, full time with know. us. That'd be cool. I so. like them. They, they tend to be easier to train up. They know that they have the experience part of it. They just need details and they're, they're wanting to get more out of life than obviously be a daycare attendant. So it's a nice little step into a career mm-hmm. because we'll train up to, or, or we can at least give avenues if we're not ready to train up. And they can at least get a little taste and and start into their career if they choose grooming. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that sounds that sounds lovely. But they have a lot of trauma. So <laughs> just throwing that out there. You just it's it's just it's a trust ex- uh, experiment. And you just you just try to show them that you trust them and you hope that they're gonna trust you. And I will say some of them will never trust you. Mm-hmm. And those ones you have to let them go. Because yeah. um because you're never gonna change their mind. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And that's okay. Um, so you are not going to groomed in Atlanta, correct? Correct. I will be at inner groom and Tacoma. Okay. Well, that that's all right. So when we come back, um, in two weeks, I will have my full report on Ooh. groomed. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. It's, I'm just going to tell you what dumb shit I bought and <laughs> I'm not teaching. I'm not teaching, but I'll be working the booth. And, um, yeah, I'll miss you there, but I'll, I'll make sure you're all filled in. So it was, it was a good time in Pasadena. We had, we had fun. I enjoyed our dinner together. I also enjoyed that margarita on the last night a little too much. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, no, I, I don't know why, you know, margaritas hit a little harder when you've been sick for a couple of days and you do. And you have to drink and Benadryl equal and Benadryl. Yeah. yeah. Do not, do not recommend. So, (laughs) all right, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up there before I say something even dumber. Peace out everybody. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We will um, talk to you guys again soon till next time. Bye-bye.